You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Revolution, Season 2, Episode 4, Patriot Games. I thought it was a real great, um, the way it, it came on, the intro was real great with Charlie, but the overall episode, it seemed like it's starting to get more and more intense by each and each person on the show. What do you think? Oh, first, by the way, let me introduce my new host tonight, Mr. Ryan. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Hooks here coming at you. I am inclined to agree with you. Uh, I think the show's really starting to pick up. Uh, you're seeing a lot of different storylines from each and every character. They're starting to split off into a lot of different subplots. I think it gives them a lot of opportunity to go a whole variety of different ways with the storyline. You can see, you know, all kinds of stuff that's starting to develop. As you can see, from the first season to second season, there's been a lot of drastic change. So what do you think so far since you watched all the first season, then coming in first night for this spectacular episode? What do you think? Uh, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of cool developments coming along. I see a lot of like fun supernatural things that are starting to come out. Okay. Uh, I see a really cool relationship that's probably going to develop with Monroe and Charlie. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that really goes way over the top. Like that's okay. what I want to see. I want to see them just kicking butt and like taking down the U.S. government. These patriots that are coming in. Uh, like I said, I, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of good things coming up over the hill. Okay. Speaking of Charlie and Monroe, let's kind of dig into the first. Um, Charlie and Monroe, she's at the bar, she's eating, yep. she's the only female at a bar. What do you really expect is about to happen? When you're the only female at a bar, you have all these guys who probably barely see women probably once every six months, and then, you know, she kind of talked, the soldier comes up to her like, hey, you're a woman who can really hold their liquor, and she kind of plays them off like nonchalant, like, yeah, whatever, I'm not really interested in you, I just want to eat and leave. So, you know, what is your kind of take on that? You're in the middle of a bar in Texas. You're always the only woman in there. Uh, you know, I see that as two things. It sets up the territory. I mean, they keep setting up this area that they're in is dangerous. And yes. you, they're out there in the middle of nowhere. And they're, you know, obviously there's been this aftermath of these nuclear weapons that hit on the East Coast. So this Plains nation that's been violent the last couple of episodes. And yes. All that kind of stuff. And then, you know, her being alone. What's up with that? Why is she thinking she's so tough all the time? <laughs> Something's gonna happen. I think with her character, she's pretty much she's like a loner because her, her right. mom wasn't there. She she her dad was there, but they he he died. So right. she's she's been kind of on her loan for so so long. And again, she kind of went after Monroe for vengeance. And now that she found him, she found all this information about her mom is wanted, and she wanted to kind of be by herself to go back to Willoughby, Texas. Mm -hmm. and, you know, throughout that way, she had to find somewhere to eat. Just so happens she found a bar full of young just men who wanted who's kind of thirsty for women in a sense because Literally. they all kind of looked at her like I gotta have you and then when she gets up to leave she found that the door is locked what what do you think was going to happen at that moment something's about to go down I think that <laughs> Charlie is gonna take control and that's what I expected to happen I expected her to come in there and just break a few arms kick a yes. few guys in the face and get out and then all of a sudden yeah not on the ground 
But I think what happened was if she wasn't drugged, she probably would have lasted a lot longer. She probably would have killed so most of the guys there because, again, because she got a, she got about two or three of the guys in the beginning, but then she started to feel woozy because her vision got blurry. Right. And then from there, she kind of fell to the ground. But before she fell to the ground, dun 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 Monroe comes, Monroe Sebastian Rowe comes in. in, and he comes in like a knight with shiny armor. I like the way he kind of pulled out both swords. Yep. And it's just like, anybody want it, come and get it. And, and that's exactly what happened. The soldiers came, they tried to attack him. And from that attack, he kills everybody. Single-handedly kills Single-handedly. everybody. And then, you know, the original soldier who kind of drugged Charlie, he like, he really stabs him and just like slits throat like, okay, He cool. got him the best at the end, you know? Yes. And then Charlie just blacks out, don't know what happened. And as it kind of pans back to Charlie, when she finally wakes up for after a day sleeping, Marone kind of takes care of her, cooking her a meal, yep. giving her water. And what does she do? She tries to She attack. goes for the knife. Again. Right so. so she's not going to give up and kill him in row after he saves her life. So what do you kind of think? You think she's, do you think she's ever going to give that up? I think you know, he said that he, he did it as a way. He's trying to build a peace offering. This is me showing you that I want to be on your same team. I need to get back to Miles. I need to get back to Rachel. We need to get stuff straight. We need to take care of these Patriots. You know, I think it's going to take a while. But, you know, as we saw towards the end of the episode, they're riding in town together. So there's got to be some kind of truce set up that eventually I think they're going to be on the same side. I think we're going to see a super team, as you will, that we saw in the preview coming up out of nowhere that's going to take down these Patriots. And I think, too, they gave them a really cool quality Having the double sword, you know, it gives him a relatable hero <laughs> quality that you're like, man, I want this guy just to come in and kill everybody. And you just, you want to, you want to like him and you want to cheer for him. You yeah. Know? And, you know, how do you not like a guy with two swords cutting throats? I mean, normally you say guns blazing, but in his case, you got to say swords blazing because swords swinging more right. so than anything because he really kind of comes in just max- massacring people yep. with two swords. And I think that gives him a parallel too then with Miles because Miles has never used a gun. Yes. Any time throughout the season, he has just been always his sword, always taking care of business that way. And, you know, it's going to give them a cool parallel relationship. It's also going to, again, set him up as a hero now instead of a villain like he has been in the last season. Yeah. So. I mean, he definitely have taken uh, not a liking to Charlie, but I think I'm, I'm starting to see him more of a likable character now Me because too. everything he did in the first season was just so dramatic and so drastic mm-hmm. because he wanted power. But I think he's starting to feel the way Miles feels that, yep. you know, I, I'm the reason behind, I'm the cause behind a lot of things that has happened to a lot of individuals. All I want to do is make things right. And, and his way of starting making things right is to go to Miles and basically help Miles, help Charlie, help Rachel to try to make things right. You see that relatable change with him. You've seen him like realize the error of his ways, if you will. And, you know, I think he's trying to make things right from the, the, the bad that he's caused and, the, you know, the nukes and all the terror that he caused in the Monroe Republic and the yes. earlier part. So I see a, a lot of good things coming from that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, for those who are tuning in tonight, make sure you go to iTunes and download the um the AfterBuzz app. We are able to be on all digital iPod, or iPod Androids, Android iPhones, market, anything iTunes, that you may have. Tablets, download us, uh, rate us, quote us. If you have any questions about the show that you would like for us to ask on the show, please um feel free to to tell us and just please go to itunes but also check out serial buddy it's laugh out loud funny uh <laughs> it's basically created by kevin undergar and maria menounos the people who actually created after buzz tv for you they have a lot of great funny actors in there they have henry winkler beth the bears kathleen gilbert it's just laugh out loud funny please go and check it out um, download it please buy it because those they are the one who actually keep the lights on serial buddies yep, does serial buddies and we actually need you guys Thank you. 
Uh, so let's talk about Miles. All right, let's talk about Miles. What do you think about Miles in this episode? Um, I think the way him and Rachel kind of in, in the towns, like Rachel comes to him, like how long I've been out? He said, like, you've been out for about three days. Yeah, three days. And, she you know, out. she don't realize that a lot has taken place. And Miles kind of explains to her what has taken place. The government's coming in and the government's really kind of wants to rebuild the uh, Willoughby. Yep, they've come in, taken over, brought in the trains, brought in the soldiers. You see the American flag flying high. Yes. Definitely a prominent shot that they put in to make sure that we know that it the is U.S. <laughs> Patriots is there. Uh, and they're they're here and they mean business. I mean, but at the same time, you got to kind of look at it where anybody comes in with guns, I'll feel free. You can have the town. Right. I yeah. mean, cause no, swords and knives are not going to win against guns. Right. So, and you know, Miles' plans is to go out and to find Titus to understand what has happened because he's trying to put two and two together. And he yep. feels like the only way he's able to put two and two together is let me find Titus, answer some questions for us. Why was the U.S. government following you? It's probably the number one question that he's asking. And let's try to come to a, to a conclusion and a solution. Yeah, he goes out, goes back to the old holding ground of the uh, the Titus yes. faction, and you see him in the cages a couple of different times, looking where he was held captive, held prisoner, uh, meets Titus. Yes. Uh, Titus, of course, goes right for the gun. Yeah. Again, Miles, no no gun, always sword. Always Always sword. undermatched, bringing a, bring with a, a knife broken to a gun, with a broken height, so he's left-handed. Yes. Equally tough with his left hand, as yeah. we found out in several episodes. Uh, you know, and luckily, no bullets in the gun. I mean, to me, I thought he was going to at least wounded him, but at the same time, you have a gun. First of all, how are you going to have a gun with no bullets? Literally dodged a bullet. Like, literally dodged a bullet. Um, if I'm carrying a gun, I'm just going to make sure I always have you bullets. You check. Always have bullets, first of all. And the second of all, that, you know, after he pulls the trigger and realizes he do- doesn't have any any bullets... But yeah, repeated that. Not even once. He's <laughs> click, like, what? Click, click. Oh, I, now I'm out of bullets. Maybe it jammed, case, first yeah. of all. But then he goes for the knife. A knife against a sword. A better fight, but yeah. not not always the winning faction in that. Um, I, you know, I was kind of surprised to see, uh, even with the original injury of Miles on his hand, that's the very first time that Miles had been injured in any kind of episode throughout yes. the season. Uh, I've been waiting for him to get hurt in some fashion. You know, think about <laughs> Nora. Nora got stabbed and shot like six times. Yes. You know, everyone's been hurt and stabbed and shot except Miles. Miles. So finally get his hand broke. Doesn't seem to be bothering him too much, apparently, because he took care of Titus pretty quickly. Yeah. But, you know, what's relevant is he learned a few things about what's been going on in the town. Yes. As Titus has discussed with Miles, the reason that he's here and the reason that, you know, he's trying to run away from the government is because uh, it's a train. Yep, the Willoughby train station they referenced several times. Yes, it, it has become such a significant um, to the episode, and I think it's going to be even more to, to, to the to the later episode that's coming up, mm-hmm. to the future episodes. Um, so he re- re- refers to the train and what, what's taking place at the train, which is uh, more like a holding ground for the rebels. Yeah, the rebels are holding up, but they also take prisoner a very large amount of the uh, Titus faction. Yes. Uh, you see them kill several of them throughout the episode. Yes. Uh so I, I think that that train station is going to have some significant relevance to the upcoming events in several episodes. And I see that as maybe a way for the United States to establish, you know, their territories. They're using these trains because that's all they have. And they're bringing in troops to different parts of the world. And, you know, they're looking to take control of every major city, as they said. Uh, but I think that's also a place where they can be outside of the city. You know, yeah. as we saw the uh, um, Ed Truman, who was the government officer that they introduced and Willoughby. Uh, and Willoughby, yeah. Uh, that he is saying, you know, make sure you stay inside. It's dangerous outside of the yes. gate. That gives them free reign to do whatever they want out there. They exactly. Can, they can blame people for anything. Yes. But let's get back to Titus. Yeah. He's, when he said he escaped, 
He escaped with him and his wife because yep. he feared for his life because of what the government has done to them and mm-hmm. to everyone that was in his camp. But it kind of goes back to when on the last episode, the government agent who basically took Titus in was like, hey, we basically hired you to scare the people, not kill the people. Right. And it kind of goes back to say, okay, well, we know you are a rebel. We know that you escaped, but at the same time, we're going to allow you to have this free range, but you know, you're still under the government power. And that's when the government kind of comes in and kill everyone in Willoughby who's based on Titus' clan. And then, as you can see at the beginning of the episode, it basically have a horse. Like, oh, we caught two of Titus's men riding on horseback to basically to scare the people. But to Miles, he's, his curiosity, he wants to basically go to the train station because he heard about it before. And now he goes to the train station. What did he see? He sees people getting shot by the U.S. <laughs> government. Yes, Titus's clan is being shot by the U.S. government. And it's kind of weird because when you look at it, I'm like, maybe they're kind of taking these people to a safer place right. uh, out of Willoughby. But as you can see, it's Titus' clan. And and he's, I think that's what they were telling Titus originally. Hey, come with us. Get on the train. It's safe. We'll protect you. We'll take care of you. Bang. Yeah. As you can see that Miles watching that, the, the government is actually killing Killing people just so they, again, to put fear into other people's heart, heart so they can understand that we are the government, we're in control, and you got to kind of abide by what we want you to do. Right. It's kind of like dictatorship. Overall. A little bit. You see, you see the government, you know, already in these first couple episodes established as, you know, the bad guys. They're the bad guys. Yes. They're coming in and they're, you know, they're not helping. You know, they're coming in, they're killing people. So, you know, do we look to see down the road the government being the bad guys? And do we look for a revolt, some kind of rebellion? I think we will. I think we will see that. But then, you know, Miles get ca- get caught up. He got he, he got spotted by one of the um, soldiers. Yep. And and then from there, you know, Miles and his crafty fighting, he he's he's able to escape. Did he, I don't know. Did he kill the soldier? He killed the first soldier with the gun. The gunshot was what, um, you know, alerted all the other soldiers yes. that he was there. Uh I think the shot went off, sword went off, yes. got away. Okay, yeah. And then, like, once he kind of jumps over the, the fence, he basically he gets stopped by two more guards. Two more security guards got him lined up, ready to go. And then, mysteriously, the ground starts to separate, and the ground gets hot like lava fire, and set these two officers on fire. Amazingly, supernatural. Bursting into flames. Into flames. We've got the fireflies coming out of nowhere. Again, no, what happens was they t- everybody turn around to see the fireflies, and then all of a sudden the ground starts to separate, and then all then the soldier becomes, they get lit on fire. And out of the blue, like, nobody knows what happens. It's a mystery. How, I mean, if I saw something like that, I would be freaked out. If I was Miles, I'd be happy that that happened. You know, he got away for free that time. Yes. He didn't have to kill anybody. He didn't have to go after anybody. He got away lucky that time with the flames, but I feel like that's hopefully setting up a little bit of supernatural with this. We but but you know what? It's starting to be like every episode, like episodic where these nanites, they, they come around mm-hmm. when there's up. danger. It's almost like up. they're kind of like lifesavers, but at the same time, weird and creepy because they always come around when there's danger. You're like, oh, here's more nanites. What do I do? But is it going to freak Miles out for future future episodes? Every time you see him, is he going to be like, man, if something's about to happen? I might explode if I see those guys. I mean... I hope I hope they come around some more. I hope that more people burst into flames. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a guy bursting into flames? So yes, weird. But then he kind of goes back and talk to Rachel about it, and then he, Rachel's like, "I don't think she really believes him." I think she's a little bit hesitant at first, you know, with him telling the story, and you know, are you sure that's really what you saw? Yes, really. Let's talk about it again. He's like, "I don't want to talk about it again." 
Because like, if I saw something like that, I like I I wouldn't even tell anybody because I feel if I say something, no one's gonna believe me. But because it's Rachel, because they have that love connection, yep. he have to, he trusts her and and he knows that she would believe him. But then again, it's like, oh well, what do I do? I think at this point they've seen enough weird stuff happening with obviously the, the blackout is a, yes. the first thing there that makes you wonder. So I think she's hesitant to believe him, but I think she feels like he wouldn't lie to her. I mean, you know, yes. what, what purposes have to lie to her? He's there, you know, they love each other and they want to help each other out. And they're one of the few people that know what's going on and have seen what's going on. Uh, so, you know, he, he believes or she believes him and we move on from there. And I like the, the line that he had there towards the end. Where he, you know, he says this is an occupation, and every good occupation deserves a resistance. Yes, I, I think the thing about Rachel is that, you know, Aaron saw the night. Right. He actually seen him twice and told her about it, and so she kind of figured like, what's really going on? And now Miles has seen it. Yep. She's really kind of in disbelief. She's probably weirded out about the whole situation about the nanites. Everything's glowing. The the um the effects of, of what's happening, the disaster. So I think she's really kind of at disbelief right now. I agree. Uh, but I think of all the characters in the show to believe this, she's the one, like she's had the most hands-on experience with all the technology that they use in the show that has seen the various things that they've created. Cause she's been involved in creating a lot of them. Yes. Thinking about the lockets, thinking about the power source, thinking about even making the nanites. I, I think it's more of the unknown of the nanites. She's kind of afraid of what they're capable of doing. Right. Because they said in a previous episode even that she said that they are malfunctioning. The purpose of these nanites right now, they are malfunctioning. And we don't know why they shut the lights off because that wasn't, you know, yeah. what they were designed to do. So. Yeah. Cool. What do you think about Major Neville? I love Major Neville. <laughs> he, he is <laughs> he's my favorite character in the entire <laughs> series. I just Every time they show him, I light up and I'm, I'm ready to, like, watch him manipulate and just uh, I just love him. Yeah, you never know what to expect from Major Neville because he's always conniving, manipulating, trying to basically to be on top of everything. He, he tries to basically so well. be five steps ahead of everybody because he's planning his next move before they even thinking about the last move. So you got to kind of give it up to him. He's actually probably the most creative, conniving, deceitful person on the show. And he does it so smooth. I mean, just his face never changes. He always just looks people right in the eye and lies to them or tells them the truth and they don't know. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, sure, we believe him. And then he's like, nope, got you. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he's definitely, you, you can't turn your back on Major Neville. I like the way the fight scene kind of came in. He kind of still a, a marksman. You know what I like about this show? That they show Monroe, Miles, and Major Neville as great marksmen. Um, the way they kind of handle the situations, yep. the, the way they fight in skills, and it seems like they always win in the fight. And he kind of goes in into this this camp, into this tent, to where they're fighting, and he's really like manhandling two guys, broke one of their legs, even though he lost a tooth. <laughs> broke up the, the fight, though. And... Yeah, he lost a tooth, but then he just kind of goes in and just manhandles everybody because he, I think it's just the, the ability to want to have power over everyone, he just felt like, I just have to do something. And I think, too, with him in that specific fighting, that wasn't a fight that was even relevant to him. Yes. But that shows, you know, his side as, as the general, you know, going back to the Monroe militia. Yes. He was, he cared about, they even said, he cares about the people. He always took care of the men. So him breaking up this fight, you know, shows his caring for the men, but also then I think is going to establish him in, in future episodes as yeah. that go-to guy that the men look to, that like, hey, you know, this guy's here for us. He's here to help us. He's going to gain their trust. He's going to manipulate them. And then it's going to lead him to accomplish his mission, if you will. Yes, so. his quote-unquote mission, hidden yes. mission. But it also kind of sets up Captain Hook 
because when he goes and he went to go clean up himself, you know, he kind of, as he's in the tent, he sees Captain Hook's arm. Yeah, Captain, Cap- Cook. Captain Cook. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Hook. Your last yeah, name. Yeah, I'm, I'm Hooks over here. I like <laughs> Captain Hook, but Captain Cook. Captain Cook has the drag marks on his arm. Yes, uh, you know, which sets up his. He sees his opportunity there. I think it's his eyes light up. He sees those drag marks and buys his way into the prostitute house with some diamonds and gets himself a couple of hours to to find his son to find his new role in power. And yeah, go from there. And I think right now his whole thing is. Like to really to find his son, he he didn't mention his wife at all. This right. episode it was kind of surprising because every episode he all he talked about is finding his wife, finding his wife. And I think because they took um Jason away from him, so he, he kind of like not really think about his wife. Like let me think about delivering my son. Let me figure out where he's at, where he's at. And he goes to the to prostitute house to the question um Captain Cook. And then from there, it's like he sit and waits for Captain Cook to wake up. Right. And I think you see, if you think back a couple episodes ago, he did burn that picture of his wife. Yes. Uh, you know, saying, hey, we have to adapt and we have to, we are now patriots. Yes. Whether you like it or not, we have to pretend. We have to, we have to live this role. Uh, and that's, again, I think, again, pushing his wife aside, going for his the, his son, Jason, the living, um, and going in there uh, is, is him and his now objective, which is stopping the patriots. Yes. And, and going after that, which I think that allows him to push his wife aside and allows him to focus on Jason and allows him more productively to focus on, again, the goal, going after Captain Cook to get his new position in power. Yes. So. I like the way when Captain Cook wake up and he kind of amazing never explains, like, I know what you're doing. You know, I understand you You pretty much, you have the drag marks that you are addicted to hearing or some type of drug. But then, you know, Captain Cook tried to make, say, plea bargain with him. Right. He's like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't want to be on a crab detail anymore, but right. okay, no no problem. I'll put you on, on a high. Yeah, give you a promotion. Just kind of let me out. I will never basically bother you again. As Captain Cook kind of begs for his life. Yep. But, I don't know where his son is. He starts crying. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. And that was the major thing. He wanted to know where his son is. And because he didn't tell him where his son was, he gave him two doses. Done. Done. Lights out. I, it, is, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that... Even after they gave him two doses, the next morning, you know, he's in there being the leader, telling the guys what to do. Secretary of State coming, Justine, he's like, oh, yeah, where's Captain Cook? He didn't come in today. I just kind of took initiative to give the guy some direction. And, you know, she lies. She's like, hey, you know, he get tra- he got transferred to a new camp, but he knows deep down inside, like, okay, yeah, I know I'm, wor- I'm working my way into this. I know that he died. I know the reason why he died. I killed him, and there's nothing you guys can tell me at all. And I think he's he's got that little smile that he's got going on now. Ha ha, I, I pulled the fast one. If you heard, I don't know, right before she walks in, he says, make sure you close down those prostitute house, houses. Yes. So he's sending soldiers to go close these places down. So I think we'll see Captain Cook again in the next episode, either as a dead body or some kind of little flashback. or I mean, who knows? He might not be dead. I mean, after two doses, I would think someone would be dead, but who knows? I mean, hopefully, if he comes back, I wonder, is it really going to be more of an intimidation because Major Neville gave him the two doses that almost killed him? Or is it going to be like, well, you're a superior now, I'm just going to be an average soldier, and Major Neville's really going to be like a jerk towards Captain Cook? I think Neville's going to keep keep being manipulative. He's going to keep yeah. that sly, calm demeanor that he's had the whole, every episode that he's just, he always knows what's going on. He's oh, yeah. always plotting, manipulating, not afraid to look a guy right in the eye and lie to him. And <laughs> I, I think if he, if Captain Cook does come back, the, I think Major Neville will definitely have the upper hand, and I think Cook yeah. will have some fear about messing with him in the future. And I, I don't think we'll see any problems from Cook you know, coming at him. So Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into Rachel. Rachel, her discoveries. What do you think about Rachel this, this episode? Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. 
What are we going to do with her? <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised when the episode first started off with her. Uh, you know, they said it would have been three days since she had been shot with the arrow. You know, they had a cut on her, which I never saw happen, but she's got a cut, got an arrow wound. Yeah. You know, I expected her to, to bounce back right away. You know, after the leg incident from season one, I was hoping that that, that, would, that would come into play again. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what they do with Aaron having this power, but, you know, Rachel not, which I think we'll get into a little bit later, talk about Aaron some more. But with Rachel, you know, she's always on the cutting edge and yeah. ready to roll. What do you think? I mean, I think overall, like, when she first wakes up – um, Miles introduced her, but oh yeah, this is uh, Major Ed Truman. Right. He he's introduced in this episode also being the major who's in charge of the Willoughby camp and all the enforcers. And you know, Miles tells her tells her like, hey, watch out for him. You know, really kind of stay low key. Right. Don't do anything while I'm gone. But Rachel, as the person that she is, immediately she immediately goes into um, Ed Truman's office yep. to find out like, okay, here's this guy. He has the symbol. Right, the all-seeing eye, the eye of providence. Exactly. As and as she finds in there, as she sees the Willoughby train. Right, and that's the f- the first reference to the train, which we later again see with Miles. Yes. Uh, on that the paper that she found, it was a map of the United States. You see the whole East Coast sectioned off. You see Willoughby train. Yes. Again, if you think back to a previous episode, uh, they talk about the East Coast being destroyed, and it's their chance to move in with the government. When they're coming yes. back from Cuba, they want to go for that East Coast, and they want to establish themselves there again. They even say the president's already on his way. Uh, when we first see the secretary coming in, president's on his way to Washington. Yes. So um, I think, too, with that, I'm, I'm interested to know why they chose the eye. You know, the eye of Providence is what it's called, uh, famously known for the dollar bill. Yes, it is. Um, one of the things, too, that I, th- I looked into a little bit farther, uh, if you think about the dollar bill, there's some Latin inscriptions around the eye of Providence. Um, eye is always surrounded by, if you will, quote, unquote, glory. So if you see the eye, there's the surrounding area. Uh, that's showing glory, but one of the Latin inscriptions on the dollar, uh, Novus Ordum Seclorum, which stands for New Order of the Ages. Are we seeing a new order of the ages here with the uh, U.S. coming I, back in? I think we are because they're they're coming back in from um, Cuba and they're kind of taking they they slowly but surely they're taking over certain specific territories to make sure they maximize and make sure the government begins to start ruling the U.S. again. And they're coming in slow, but you see them. Moving quicker and quicker as these episodes are progressing. Yes. Um, you know, they went from, you know, the Georgia Republic. Now they're in Texas. Yes. And you kind of look at, you know, after Rachel get caught in um, uh, um, what's his, uh, Truman's office. Yep. When she gets spotted. When she gets spotted. So he calls her father over. So her father comes in. So she storms out. So the conversation between her and her father is like, hey, he's telling her. I understand that you want to do a lot, and I see where you get your stubbornness from because I do. And, you know, I can't stop you from doing anything that you want to. But he kind of explains to her, like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to die. I miss, I've miss, i missed you for so many years, and now you're here back to me. And he right. basically expressed back to her the injuries when she first came, the cut on her arm that she almost died from. She got shot with the arrow and sliced on the stomach. You know, all this type of tragedy is happening to her, but he don't want her to go and do anything that's going to hurt her anymore or pretty much leave him without a daughter right he keeps coming back to you know how upset he's been with every time she's been getting hurt even though he knows she's stubborn just like him you know she he's just showing that he's looking out for he's trying to be the dad that maybe he wasn't you know maybe we'll see some more develop with that relationship down the road but you also got to look at that when they're when they're in the house and then where um the one other captains at willoughby 
rolls in with the wagon. It's like, oh, hey, doctor, can you come out? And when they actually unmasked the guy that they shot, just blankly shot, and it was like, oh, that's Brian Gordon. So they kind of knew. That kind of sparks Rachel interest also as if the yep. government is really kind of like taking over and also just killing innocent people just to make us afraid. I think it's a small town. You know, they, everybody knows everybody. They've probably been in a lot of situations with yeah. all these rebel attacks where they're banding together and they know what everyone's capable of. So if somebody dies, you know, it's it's a matter of, hey, that was my neighbor. Hey, that was my brother's friend. And I think that's, again, they see that, and that's what sparks their interest. It's the government maybe pulling some strings, maybe yeah. trying to scare the rest of the people. And I don't think she's intimidated by it, and I think that's why she goes out right away and starts – Digging around. Yeah, but the, talking about digging around, though, so she goes to the butcher to talk to Jim because Jim's been a long friend. He's been with them fighting for basically several years, mm-hmm. and she kind of confides into Jim, and, she's and you know, she's talking to him like, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, I have a lot on my mind. And Jim kind of talks to Persuade, like, you know, when I lost my wife, we talked, we drank, uh, and I pretty much poured my heart out to you. And so at the time, it kind of cuts, but then when it pans back, it's like, oh, well, she's told Jim everything that she knows and what she feels was happening with the government. And so Jim invites her that at this point, Jim has a drunk. So Jim invites her down. I was like, hey, I got some great, I got some more wine downstairs. Wine we should go down and basically talk. Let's get a couple more bottles of wine. Stay, keep hanging out. And they even say, you know, establishing their relationship and her trust in him. He comments on, you know, the wife and he says, all my friends called me and text me. So you got to think that's been at least 15 years since someone's calling a text. And she was over there watching movies with him and hanging out with him. So they've yes. known each other for a really long time. Yes. You know, and, and that's, again, why she has trust in him. And he, one of the few people that she thinks in town that can help her, that she respects, you know, and. We're blindsided. Yes. So when they go down to the basement, um, as he's unlocking the door, Rachel sees the document, and again, she sees the eye. Yep, the eye, that eye of providence just keeps showing up everywhere <laughs> we look. It's gonna be a, it's so significant to the to I'm revolution. Sure, it's gonna be about the revolution. Yes. So. so she sees the eye, and she's so you know it's kind of weird because when you're in that uncomfortable situation where you like, I really have to get out. I've never been in that situation, but right. I could just imagine as you see it on TV more and more. It's just like everybody face change. The demeanor changed so quickly, and it's like shocking. Like, hey, um, yeah, I, I think to, I left the uh, stove on or yeah, something. My curling iron's still cooking over there. I need to get yes. out of here. So Jim, Jim's he, he he's he's a smart guy. He understands what's going on. He and as she it. takes the fire again, coincidental, she tries to run up the stairs, and then she bumps her head. As t- typical, like anytime you try to run, escape, and get away, just remember, do not fall. Watch out for the stairs. Exactly. Uh, anything she could have like, she could have kept away with the fire pole. You know, I think so. That was a dumb move to drop that that torch because she could have been swinging at his head and exactly. poking, keeping him at least a couple feet away. Exactly. So what Jim does, he ties her up, handcuffs he, and all, handcuffs and all, digs a he digs a hole real quick. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, how, how long is she out that he dug that hole? That you know, it takes a while to dig. Like a hole. that hole was at least about three or four feet deep, and he digs a hole. But he kind of confides in her, like, hey, you know, I really don't want to do this. The government do not want you dead, but. I think that if I don't kill you, they're like, I'm going to kill you. They're going to forgive me for what I've done because if I don't kill you, you can continue to talk about it and tell people about what's going on, and you can, you can start to spook to people, and then that's going to cause more issue for the government because then everybody can start to have questions and might rebel against the government. You know, and, and he kind of tells her, like, you know, I really kind of had a thing for you. <laughs> talks about having a crush on her, always loving her. It's kind of weird. He's like, yeah, I'm about to kill you, but I just want to let you know. I kind of have a thing for you. I really don't want to. You're really cute. You know, sorry, uh, but got to do it. I got to kill you. 
And so Rachel being the person that she is, for some reason we have some tough women <laughs> in, sure. in Revolution. You know, so she headbutts Jim and then like kicks Jim. So Jim kind of passed out for like literally probably like 30 seconds. Enough time to get her wrist out. Yes. And like that was, have you ever had your hand handcuffs? I've had my hands handcuffs once or twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Okay. But for her to squeeze her hand, and I, I thought she broke her hand because I thought it cracked. But for her to squeeze her hand out of there, but I think you would, I guess you're able to do anything when you're in a in a uh, situation the where it's kind of life and, life and death. But so she kind of like break, breaks loose and like, again, stabs Jim, but she, <laughs> she stabs him. She stabs him, but she holds him like, I don't really want to do this. He's like my best friend, like my brother, but I got to kill you. And then she buries Jim so no one else can find, to find Jim. So it's kind of, she knows what's happening right now. She knows the government is really kind of plotting to kind of take over and really kind of do things. And she knows that the government is behind the bombing. And I think when she shares that with uh, Miles, when he gets back, as Miles shares his story, I think both of them really kind of just overwhelmed with what's ha- what has so happened throughout the night. They're kind of like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. No Let's kind of just be separate. Let's just think about something Let's better. Hang out for a minute, yeah. I mean, and he, Jim even says, you know, he was in the... The Patriots for seven years. Seven I mean, years. He's been undercover, been lying and helping them. Yes. You know, and that's that's a hard secret to keep, I think. It is, but seven, but because you also have to look at that Jim's been with them from when they was with, with uh, when they was running from the Monroe, Monroe Militia yep. back in the first season. So he's been with them to Georgia, mm-hmm. and now he's come with them to Texas. So he's been traveling and probably reporting to them what's happening, reporting to the government what's happening, where Rachel is, and keeping tabs on Rachel because he knows who Rachel is and keeping tabs on Miles because Miles actually started the Monroe Militia, and he actually tra- trained Jim from the first season. So Jim knows a lot, and he's probably been relaying that, that, met that information to the government since the first season. I think so, too. I think you see a lot of different people, you know, that maybe we have seen, but they're going to start showing up. I mean, thinking back to Titus, even, he wrote that letter. Yeah. You know, had the seal and sent it to the secretary in Georgia, you know, and so you see a lot of different people popping up now that you're going to start wondering who you can trust. Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting. But let's talk about Aaron. Speaking of overwhelming night, let's talk about Aaron. Man, Aaron is really going through it right now. I, I was hoping... You know, it's back to episode one that something supernatural was going to come into the season. Yeah. That, you know, with earlier stuff with the nanites and his role with the Google technology and yes. the code that he wrote in season one, you know, and I, I hoped all through season one that there was something that was going to happen that was going to be technology and he was going to be the one that was going to come in and finally, finally be able to save the day. You know, yeah. after not being able to provide for his wife and leaving her and then not being <laughs> able to fight anybody and always getting beat up and never being able to help. I, I, I just want him to be the guy, you know, yeah, I want to, I want to like him. I want to be that. He's the go-to guy that saves the day. He's, he is the go-to guy right now. Right because now. Like he's starting to see supernatural things. Cause after the cut, it, it, it healed within like three hours. And then he ended up seeing, um, Rachel's husband hallucinating on the floor died, um, on, I think episode two. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, he see more nanites yep. and then from the nanites, but he's not only seeing the nanites, he actually seeing the vision Yep. Of the nanites. Yeah. For the first vision we see him here when he sees Miles in the Titus camp in yes. the prison, and he's watching Miles snoop around before Miles runs into Titus. But it's ta- it's taking a lot a lot out of him because every time he kind of sees it, it kind of gives him more like an anxiety attack. Because the first time when he saw Miles, his vision started to get blurry. He started to knock things down, and he he falls out on the floor. Then he starts to see Miles. So I think like they're kind of taking over him. 
uh, over his body and his and is wearing him out because as you can see every time he passes out he's sleeping or he's passing out or you know yeah. waking up from nightmares as we see in the later vision but i think so too i think that's gonna maybe be a, a big influence on him and how he has to contribute later yes i did but like his his girlfriend doesn't believe him she's like oh you just kind of passed out and you know at the i think the more she start he started to explain to her what's happening she's really she's really at disbelief and she's really probably think he's crazy and she might tell the government i think she might tell the I, government i could see that happening her you know because he told her and explained to her everything that happened with the nanites the first time yes you know she's like why can't you just believe it was an act of god and he says, no, it's something else, you know. Yes. And either, you know, they have that little debate. And I could see her being another person that comes up <laughs> later to sabotage everything. Yes. So, but also speaking about the nanites, so you got to talk back to Miles when Miles at the train station. All of a sudden when he's with the two soldiers, it's a cloud full of nanites. And Aaron sees this in his sleep and he's really thinking about, like, oh, something's bad about to happen. He, he doesn't wake up, but he continues to see the vision of the nanites and what's happening. And really... I don't know if it's him that's controlling the nanites because the 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 ground starts to split, the ground starts to heat up, and then he set the nanites or the ground. I don't know who's doing it, but the soldier catch on fire, and then Aaron wakes up like, "Oh my gosh, did, did I really do it? What happened? Why am I seeing this?" And you really kind of think that who's controlling the nanites, and do you think it's because of the pendants they attracted to him because he's the only person that has a pendant right now? Maybe, or is it just because? You know, some supernatural being because he was a geek guy, because he was the last person to touch the computer in Tower 12, that this is the repercussion of trying to cut the lights back on and just kind of attacking him and really making him like supernaturally crazy. I think if you watch really, really closely and you listen to some of the things they say, they keep making little references to things. Uh, Aaron had a reference in a couple episodes ago where he's like, this is very Duchovnian, you know, talking about the X-Files. Yes. Last episode, he's like, what am I, Harry Potter? Yeah. Again, you see this Harry Potter-esque vision. So I think each time the writers are throwing us little bones saying, oh, well, this is maybe will happen. If you watch really close, I think you're going to be able to, to spot more things to come. Okay. Um, I, I've been watching real close, getting those details. I mean, I you know, I pay attention to it, but it just it's, to me, it's still weird overall weird. because the things he's seeing now, visualizing, and things that's kind of happened to him, it's not happening to anybody else. Right. So you got to kind of think about, is he the person that's going to turn the lights back on? Is the government going to find out about his su- supernatural abilities? Is he going to learn abilities? how to control it? That's the issue. If he really, is he's the person that's really in control of the nanites, will he be able to control the nanites? Because it seems like, Anything that happens, if he get angry or something, he might just set everybody on fire. He might just blow up the whole town. You know, <laughs> I, I hope that that does happen. That he has, you know, I think he hopefully finds an ability to control these nanites, and that he can can manipulate them, and he can help people, and he can maybe go after the government. Yeah. And and again, finally be that guy that we keep hoping that he's gonna be. So cool, 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 cool. Well, let's go into prediction. What we think? What's gonna happen with next week? Oh, we'll let you go first, right? Okay, predictions. Well, as we saw in the little teaser trailer at the end of the episode, everyone's going to be back in town. Yeah. I'm looking for uh, a super team to form here. I'm looking for, you know, Monroe and Charlie to get up with Miles and Rachel and Aaron and maybe a few others that we have seen a little bit here, and they're going to start plotting i think they're going to start going after the u.s government and try to see if they can get them out of willoughby see if they can do to save the town yeah my prediction is that um 
Charlie's not gonna like Monroe, as always. As always. But then also, again, I agree with you about I think Miles and Monroe really gonna try to create a super assassin team and try to really figure out what's happening. But my prediction with Aaron is that Aaron's really might lose it. Because a person with that much power and that much control and you don't know why it's happening, I think Aaron might lose it. So lose it meaning that he's gonna go crazy or something crazy something bad is gonna happen and Something's going to happen with the government, and he's really going to show his power and his strength there, and they're going to restrain him and to keep him locked up. What do you think is going to happen with uh, Neville? Think you see anything coming up there? I think he, he's going to continue to work his way up the chain until he's really able to be at the the, um, the side of the secretary to help her make decisions so she and really show his craftsmanship. Like, hey, you know what? I'm a leader. Trust in me. Believe in me. And then he's he might kill the secretary. I think within maybe in the next two episodes, we'll see something come oh, up. Oh, yeah, most I, I definitely. Think, I think pretty quick they're going to establish that. Yeah. Because that's going to set up a whole new thing with Georgia. Cool. Well, so, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, Ryan Hooks 92 Twitter, Instagram, and Yahoo. You can hit me up there. And you can find me at True People, T-R-U-P-E-O-P-L-E-S, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.